Blog Talk Radio. Looking for inspiration to take action, to grow? Then you've arrived. The Cocoa Express is waiting for you. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Best Invention Ever, You. And I am joining you with my amazing, amazing co-host, Marilyn Forward. Marilyn, are you there? Hello, Aurelia. So hey, nice Marilyn. to be back. Yes, yes, yes. I am yes, here yes. and feeling great and excited to be back again. Hello to all of our listeners. Hey, everybody out there. I am so excited about our guest today. She, I mean, when you think about success and, and um, achievements and recognition, you only see the outside um, picture. You just see where, when they have arrived, as we say in our intro, they have arrived. Mm-hmm. You don't know what it takes to make them successful, what roads they took, what things they had to do, how they had to prepare themselves, how they had to educate themselves. And we have a really good example with us today of a woman who's very successful in her career as a um, a PR and talent management maven, we'll call her that. Her name is Monica Alexander. And her road, um, the journey she took to get to where she is, is a very interesting story. And I mean, Marilyn, you know how it is when you're trying to get somewhere and you always think you're going to go one way and then you find yourself going in another direction, not knowing why you went in that direction to find out that's the direction you should be in? Oh, yes. I am definitely a witness of that. I have lived that. And that's why I really believe in divine intervention. And sometimes we try so hard to figure things out when we have, in our little brains and we have the whole universe, right? guiding us divinely so we need to trust that and that's how we become the best invention ever we are the best invention ever you are the best invention ever but to really have that faith and trust and yes Aurelia so many people see the person once they have all this success and they know and they see this person, but they don't know the story behind it. They don't know what this person went through and all the obstacles and all the work that they put in. And I've heard people say, oh, you're so lucky. Like, lucky, you and who said that when you've seen the struggle of, you know, 10 years or, you know, all the obstacles and challenges and the faith that you have to have and the faith that you develop. So, Yes, and I'm really excited to have uh, Monica Alexander, founder and president of PR Wiz Entertainment. She has an amazing story, an amazing person, and she is the best invention ever. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome, Monica, and welcome. You have arrived. I know. Thank welcome, you for that. welcome, welcome Monica. To see who we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, you are the um, founder of your own PR talent management and event planning, event management program. Tell us a little bit how you began your journey. Well, I. Uh, 
it wasn't in PR and entertainment. I originally had plans and preparation to become an attorney. So I did all the bells and whistles to do that. I went Uh in high school. I took um, law classes and legal secretary classes, and then I went to and I received associate degree in legal studies. And then I went to work um, in lieu of going to, you know, I was going to transfer to a university and I was going to, you know, study political science and all the things that you do to become um, in, in, uh, become an attorney. Well, while I was working um, to pay for school, I did that for about, I was a paralegal, legal assistant for like maybe three, maybe three to four years. And one of my really good uh, friends, she was telling me she was working at a record label and she said, you would really be good in this business. I'm like, no, I, I really don't want to do that. My whole I mean, I've been wanting to be an attorney since I was, like, maybe 12 or 13 years old. But one of the things about an attorney that I didn't realize until I got really immersed in it, you work by yourself. So I I did it, and I said, okay, I, although I love the law, which I still do now, I just can't work by myself. That's just – the seclusion is not good for my personality and things that I like to do. So – I went over to a record label, and that's basically how I got started in the entertainment business. And one of the things that's really good about the entertainment business, there's so many, um, I, one of my really good friends said moving parts. So there's so many moving parts to entertainment and so many things that you can do behind the scenes. And I really got to know working at record labels and in the entertainment industry what you can do behind the scenes. So I started off um, as a literally not even an intern. I was a was a temp employee uh, when I started well, Capital Records. I was so temp. I was write my own. I was write my own time sheet and taking it over to accounting. So I didn't even have the glory of you know them paying me you know the way they paid other employees. So I got my start at Capital Records as a temp employee, and that's when I really realized what how many parts there were to the game of entertainment. And what. Was it that intrigued you that made you want to stay? Uh, it was when I when I uh, was moving up within the Capitol Records. They had another. They were opening up a new record label, and it was closer to my home. <laughs> That's the main reason why I don't want to move. It was closer to my home, and it was new. And so everyone knows when you start something new, nobody else knows what you're going to do. All we know is that we want this company to work. So I I went to um, SBK Records. And I started in office administration. And that's one of the good places is office administration. And um, I was an executive assistant to the administrator. And one of the things, it was a smaller company, what you call a satellite office, for the bigger office in New York. What was good, that I worked with every department. And within those departments, I got to figure out what or what I wanted to do because I knew I didn't want to stay in office administration for too long. So while I was there, I didn't want to do promotions. I definitely didn't want to do A&R and uh, publicity. I said, oh, that would be good. I can talk. So, and I can talk, I talk too much. So I said, okay, this is for me. And, and, and that's the thing about public relations. You're talking all the time. You're convincing people to like whatever you're selling, promoting, or publicizing. So that's how I got NPR when I was at SBK Records. Oh, great. Well, that's excellent. Now, yeah. From there, where did you decide that you wanted to go? Because, you know, you can get into one position in that area and then stay there, but you didn't. 
Yeah, well, what I did was um, there was really a time where I'm not really sure if I wanted to stay in PR um, or did I want to, you know, go into another field. So what happened was I took time and I went back to the record label and I did work in ENR for like maybe six months. And that's all I needed to know. Okay, no, I didn't want to do I didn't want to do that. So what I did was I filled out on that. Let me tell you how long ago it was. I I I mailed in an application. There was no emails. There was none of that. So you had to literally like grind and do it from what we call like the Flintstone era. So I filled out an application and I sent it to like many of these um, CAA, ICM, and Rogers and Cowan as a assistant in music because I love music. So I figured, why don't I do something I like? Music and you know, music and PR. So Rogers and Cowan called me within literally within that. I mailed it and I got a response really within like the next three or four days meaning that when they got it, they called me. So I was really excited about that. I went to Capitol, excuse me, I went to Rogers and Cowan, and I didn't interview with the people that I was going to work for. You interviewed with the, the, C, the CFO of the company. So, you, you know, there's always a buffer, and he was the buffer. And so anyway, so I had a really good interview, but I had to take a test. I mean, mind you, I've been taking tests in I don't know how long, so I had to take a test on a computer. So at that time, computers were just really not the big thing, but, they, you know, a lot of companies were using it. So long ago, I tell you, it was very perfect. So if anybody is old enough to remember oh, that, they know oh, how long ago. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> yes, so it was very perfect. And if you remember about word perfect, there was a cheat sheet to tell you how to use the machine. And so it could, became, it could be a crutch. Well, when I used to work with my dad when I was in between, you know, positions, my dad always used to say, because he was a computer whiz, computer genius, he was an IT guy, as well as everything else, and he said, always learn how to do it without the cheat sheet. I'm like, yeah, yeah, right, Dad. And he, he purposely didn't have it for me. When I got to Capital, excuse me, when I got to Rutgers and Cowan, that's what I had to do. I had to create a letter from Word Perfect without the, without the cheat sheet. I'm like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And I literally knew how to do it because I didn't have the cheat sheet. So anyway, I created, it was just like a really simple letter, just write a letter. And like I said, I've worked in, you know, as a paralegal. So writing letters was what you do every day as a, as a paralegal. So I knew the salutation. I knew the opening close. I knew all of that. And then I wrote a letter. And so anyway, I turned it back in. And one of the things he said, he said, this is really good. He said, you're the only one who's ever done it without the, and I called it the cheat sheet, but he said something, he said the name that it was supposed mm-hmm. to be, and I just said, in my mind, I said, thanks, Dad, you know, to myself, <laughs> and then, right after mm-hmm. that, right after I finished that, I interviewed with two uh, two women at the same time that I was going to work for, who are literally, to this day, my, still one of my, uh, two of my very best friends, and so that's how I got started at Rogers and Talent, which I like to call the Stanford of PR firms. Because if you want to learn about PR and learn every aspect of PR and populations, media relations, communication, Roger McCown was the place to be. Mind you, at the time, I had no idea how big it was. All I knew is that I wanted to get into populations and in communication. And so they were the first one to call. They were, wait, they were the lucky ones. They were the first one to say, okay, Ms. Alexander, we want to have a talk with you. And so, you know what they say, time is everything. Because they were looking for an assistant as well as somebody who knew music. So the fact that my executive assistant 
administrative skills worked hand in hand because that's all I did at Capitol Records and SBK. And then I also did a really short stand at Giant Records. So all of that coupled with me knowing how to be an assistant and knowing people who are behind the scenes of music, that's what really got me the job is the fact that I had the experience, which is that helped me tremendously. And I was there about 10 years. And so it was, you know how they say um, luck is when preparation meets opportunity? You were prepared. I I, I believe that. Yeah, I I totally believe that. Because like I said, when I wasn't working in a field or in in, in between positions, I always worked with my dad. So there was no stopping point. I've always, always worked. I've I've been working since I was 15 years old. So I've always had something to do because that's what my dad said. Always work because then you, you know, you never get in trouble, so to speak. And that's what it was. I, like I said, I was working at 16, so I didn't, like, get in trouble after school. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of, like, going out, you know, I did I did sports, in, you know, in high school, but to be paid, I was like, oh, I'm, like, being paid at 16 years old? Yeah, I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot that comes to my mind here when you know you say mm-hmm. that we have to be prepared for when an opportunity arises. It's better to be prepared than to have an opportunity and not be prepared, right? Some people have an opportunity and they're not prepared. So it's better to be prepared even if you don't have an opportunity at the time because there will come the time when you have the opportunity and you're prepared and you were so prepared. And I felt that you were really guided. You had one thing would lead to another and you knew what you wanted and you wanted to do what you loved. And that's a perfect example for people that just stay stuck in a comfort zone because of fear, but you went on and you prepared and you did everything you had to do to to where you are now. So you are, that's a perfect example of just being guided. And once you put your energy out there, you will meet the right people at the right time, the right circumstances at the right time, and things just, you attracted all of this to you. Don't you agree? No, you're right. Yeah, I totally agree with what you said. That, That totally works because... Um, like I said, um, and you know what really helps too? I had really supportive parents who really guided me. Like I said, I wanted to be an attorney since I was 13 years old, and my dad helped me to do whatever that was. And that was my, my sister and I. Whatever we wanted to do, my parents goes, okay, let's do it. And you know how kids, they want to do every little thing. Whatever it was, my dad made it and my mom made it possible. My sister and I, we wanted to play tennis. My dad went out and bought tennis rackets and signed us up for tennis classes. I wanted to run track. And my dad was a former um, athlete in um, high school and college, so he trained with me. So whatever my sister and I wanted to do, my parents said, okay. <laughs> so we want, you know, we wanted to learn how to swim. That didn't go over too well because my sister learned how to swim. I did not. But we wanted <laughs> to learn from whatever they signed us for swim classes. So I think parents have a, such a big influence on their children. I mean, some parents really miss the opportunity, but parents who listen to their children take it all in and no matter what their children want to do you have to nurture it because they're not, they don't know what they want to do so let them try it and if they don't want to do it move on and that's what my sister and I did we didn't I didn't I, I yeah to this day I love tennis but I knew I didn't want to make that my career so I moved on now I do it as a hobby or for fun same thing with track I didn't want to you know I, I thought I wanted to do it but then again once I started doing it, I was like no this is a hobby I like doing it and I like keeping myself in shape 
so I work out now. But everything that I wanted to do, my parents were always there mm-hmm. saying, okay, let's make it happen. So I'll know whether or not I wanted to do it. There was never a what if when you were dealing with my parents. They go, okay, let's do it. And they made it possible. We changed our mind. They were with that too. <laughs> that's that's amazing. That is really amazing because that, as you become an adult and you're no longer, you know, being guided, so you know, mm-hmm. so to speak, by your parents, now you have this foundation of how to proceed, knowing that if I'm interested in something, let me see what it is and let me find out for myself if this is what's best for me or not. And that way you're not wasting time. You're really moving forward. You're progressing in your life because I know this is not going to work for me, so let me move on to something else to see if that will work for me. And a lot of us as adults don't know how to do that, and that comes from your foundational training from your family. Yeah, that's, that's, I totally agree. That's true. Like I said, my parents, whatever we wanted to do, that's what we did. And so, mind you, I must say, when I did not pursue my dream, which I thought I thought was my dream of being a, a, uh, an attorney, my dad was a little disappointed. Disappointed. However, whatever I when I got into entertainment and he see and he saw how much that I loved it, he's like, okay, let's. Then you want to do that? Let's be the best at it. So and that's what, and my mother, she's always she's always in my ear. What are we gonna do? How are we gonna reinvent ourselves? That you know, when I have disappointments, no, no, no. Let's you suck it up and let's. You know, you cry, you get over it, but you, you move on. And everything is not a failure, but everything is an experience, and you know not to do it again. Because, I mean, you start saying failure or that you you kind of already depleting yourself. So don't do that. Look at that and say, okay, I need to do it better the next time. Because there's going to be a next time. So now mm-hmm. I know how to do it better. Now, tell us how you move forward from, from that point. Um, in well, your what career. happened was I, when I was at Capitol Records, I was there for 10 years, and I literally did everything that I wanted to do. I worked on the Grammys. I worked on Soul Train. I worked with um, A-list artists. I worked with so many entertainment companies, corporations, and everything, and I felt that I needed to move forward in that company. And see, the thing is, that's the one thing about uh, PR firms, you can only move so far without being the president or the VP or something like that. So I want to stay in music and an opportunity, which I didn't even, I didn't even, I wasn't even looking for, but I was, you know, I was contemplating my next step, not knowing what that next step would be. I got a call from another publicist who we have been friends literally for like maybe five or six years at that point. She said that she was looking for an, another person, a new, a new, um, uh, R&B director to add to her department. So she said, hey, can you help me look for somebody? I said, hmm, wait a minute. So I got up and I closed my door and I said, I can do it. She goes, are you mm-hmm. serious? Do you really want to leave Rogers and Count? Because, you know, people knew me from being there for, you know, 10 years and I was a staple. And I was the only African-American woman in music at that time. Although I had two bosses, and one of them was African-American, I was the only one still there because both of them had went on to other projects. But I was the only African-American woman. She said, do you really want to leave Rogers and Cowan? And I go, you know what? Um, I'm not really sure, but I'm ready to discuss it. I never leave anything unsaid. So I said, because if I didn't take it or even take the meeting, I would have thought, well, what if I would have done that? So I said, well, no, me. So we set up the time. I went over to, um, it was, at that time, it was, it was MCA Records, which is no longer a company anymore. 
we went over to um, NCA Records, and she literally sold me on what what we're gonna do. You're gonna, you can um, everything that I was doing on Roger account, Roger's account, but to the tenth level. And my, um, when you're at a PR firm, you get commission. My commission would be higher. I mean, it wasn't called a commission, but I would get, you know, a percentage of what the company does because I was a senior director. So I was like, okay. So that conversation until the time I left Roger's account was literally a month. So I really didn't know what I wanted to do. So I took a week. Well, she gave me a week, which is really good, to decide what I was going to do. And so I took the position at NCA Records, and I, I loved it. And unfortunately, the company, the company dissolved. However, the good part about the company dissolving, that's how PR Wiz Entertainment was created. So everything moves forward. Like you don't, like you don't sit on your lawyer. The next day, I was, uh, when, when they told us about the whole situation with, with NCA, the next day I went out and bought a fax machine. Here we go. Dated myself. I bought a fax machine, a computer. <laughs> And I was ready mm-hmm. to start my company. And one of my really good friends helped me create my name, and there we go. And I started my company literally within 48 hours after leaving NCA Records. <laughs> amazing. That is truly amazing. And what was it like for you getting your first client? You know, how did that work? Um, well, you know what was really funny about that? Since um, I still had time left on my contract, I got to work at my speed, so nothing was really hurting for money because I, I, I had a lot saved up, and then I was um, working with a lot of the former publishers that I used to, they used to call me for this and that. Now it was me returning the favor, calling them, and um, I got time to really set up my company because there's so many administrative things, and I'm sure you ladies know, in order to set up your company. So what I was doing was not really looking right right away per se. What I was doing is setting up PR with entertainment. So I got a call from an, another person who we are friends to this day from Motown. She said, Monica, what are you doing? I said, nothing. Why? And <laughs> she said, I really would like you to work on this artist for us. So Pierre's first client was Kashif, and I had the best time working on him. It was just, it was me, it was me making decisions, me doing, everything was on me. And I worked with Kashif for like maybe six months because he had an album coming out, and that was fun. And I, I was like really, really, really just excited about it. The one thing she did to me, like everything, you always learn something. One thing I did not do when I set up my company I didn't get a federal tax ID, so my very first payment, um, it, I put my social security number on how it's going to be paid. So she, so I called her because it had been like maybe a couple of weeks and I hadn't received a paycheck. I mean, you know, the money we discussed. And she said, Monica, she said, did you turn in your paperwork? I said, yeah. She said, did you put your federal tax ID number on it? I go, excuse me, what's that? So what <laughs> I did was I called another friend who who has his own company, I said, I need a federal tax ID. How do I go about it? So he told me over the phone, and I hung up the phone, and I called, and I got a federal tax ID within 10 minutes. And you know what's really funny? Then I'm aging myself. You, you didn't have to pay. I didn't have to pay for my federal tax ID. Now you have to pay for it. I didn't have to pay. So yeah, long ago was, I didn't have to pay for it at all. The only thing I had to pay for was, you know, my DBA, mm-hmm. which is really funny. So 
that's how that's how um, I got stopped me from being paid so quickly. But like I said, I was a new company, and you always learn from people. Take everything in that they teach you, because I was taught how to, you know. And I do that now. You need a federal tax ID. You need a bank account. You need all of that before, because you can't commingle your personal money. You do that, then you're in trouble. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This is amazing. Now. Now that you've been immersed in your career, um, how does it feel now? Do you still have the same um, zest and passion now that you did in the beginning? I think I do. I think I do. I love doing PR, and one of the things I like about it, it's afforded me so many opportunities. I've met so many people, and every day there's something new that I can do. And I spend 75% of my time I spend on the phone, and 25% of that time I spend writing, and I wasn't the best writer. Now I'm a better writer than I was, you know, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I always say I don't care how, it, you know, how many red marks you put on the paper, you know, because you always have to proof your words. I said I don't care how many times you do it. My feelings will not proof my words. Let me know it is so we can send it out there. And presentation, appearance, and visual is what public relations is all about because you're dealing with people on a, long, uh, on a bigger scale. And I love doing that. I love talking. I love being with, around people. And so my passion for this for this is even better. However, I do know that I can't do this forever. So um, now I'm in, in, the, in the ways of, like for the last five years, of creating another venture for myself. So what I did was I created another, I have a business we created another company, another entertainment company that is into developing projects, television, film, um, and those things. So I'm I'm going to another career because, like I said, I can't be standing on the red carpet forever, but I can always be an executive forever. So I'm, oh. I'm moving forward to that. But although, like I said, you know, PR will always be my bread and butter, but I'm making steps to move away from PR but still mm-hmm. in PR. Mm-hmm. Because I have Excellent. to, I have, you know, I always say pitching is begging. I'm begging you to like me. I'm begging you to like my clients. I'm begging you to like my product. I'm begging you to like my services. And so that's the, you know, that's the brunt of it. But I love doing it. I love doing it. Oh, excellent. Now, uh, I know that, you, you know, we know that we're stealing time from you right now because you're always on the go. I have one question for you. Have you ever been starstruck yes. in what celebrity had you starstruck? Oh, wow. Um, that's easy. Denzel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have met, I've, when I say I've met literally just everybody, everybody in this business at one point I've either met or I've known their publicist or their manager. However, um, Denzel was literally, I was like, really? Wow. <laughs> he was super nice. And what was really good about that is that I was at Rushing and Talent at the same time that he was being handled by, you know, another another, um, another publicist. And so I told him, I walked in his office, I said, listen, the next time Denzel's here, just do a phone call so I can do my hair and put lipstick on, and then I'll walk past y'all, and then you'll say, Monica, come in here. So I was giving the whole script, and he thought I was joking. I go, no, I'm not joking. 
So one day, one day, I was, you know, I sit in my office as I was working, and he goes, Monica, can you come down here for a minute? I'm like, sure, Alan. I'm like, what is he up to? And fortunately, what was really funny, I literally had just came back from lunch, and you know what you do, you kind of replant, you know, you kind of redo your little stuff. You put your lipstick on, you put, you know, you kind of make yourself not presentable for the for the other three hours you're going to be in the office. So mm-hmm. I came down. And then I walked in, and I knew something was funny because his assistant, she was giving me this weird look. I'm like, I said, hey, girl. And she looked, hey, my, my gosh, you're looking at me so funny. So I walked in. I was like, really? I want to introduce you to somebody. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> so that was funny. He, he my friend, there's, there's others, but right now that comes as because there was a funny story behind that. But that was so funny. But he didn't tell, and he's like, he was one of the nice. He was really, really nice to me. So I really, uh, is that that him? He would be. I would start struck with him for for oh. hands down, hands down. Okay. And now, oh, Matt. and Mary J. Blige, yeah. and Mary cool. J. Blige. Oh, Mary J. Blige. <laughs> and Mary J. Blige. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, yeah, I met. Yeah, I met her when I was at uh, NCA Records. Okay, Marilyn. Um, what do we yes. call her? What do you think uh, Monica is? We call oh, Monica, Monica the best the invention best ever. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. <laughs> what beautiful you. stories, so inspiring, great experiences. And, yes, you are so amazing, and it was such a pleasure to have you. So thank you so much for taking your time to be with us. Oh, Monica, before you leave. Thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Yes. Before you leave, please let people know how they can reach out to you if they want your services. Oh, definitely. Um, I can be reached on, you know, Facebook under Monica Alexander. You can totally DM me. And my um, Twitter as well as my um, IG handle are the same. It's uh, PR Mogul. So you just go under PR Mogul. Or even put my name in, Monica Alexander, that's what would definitely come up. Okay. So great. anyone can reach me um, um, at PR Mogul, uh, and Monica Alexander will definitely come up. Excellent. Monica, thank you so much for, for sharing your time with us and sharing your story. You have inspired a lot of people um, with your story and your journey because when you know, what others have done, it helps you form a blueprint for yourself. And thank you for that. Thank you, ladies. I really appreciate it. Yes. So go enjoy you. your wonderful your wonderful California weather and we'll enjoy the snow. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I told you guys I don't understand what snow is because I was born and raised in Los Angeles. So that lets um, you know that, you know, snow is not my friend. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, we'll have to come on over to your side of the the, um, the country so that we can enjoy some of that beautiful sunshine. Oh yeah, and remember the time difference. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's right. Thank you, ladies. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Have a good weekend. Thank you, ladies. You Bye. as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Marilyn. Yes, what amazing stories and so inspirational. And she was definitely a go-getter since she was 15 years old, and she knew what she wanted to do, and she went after it, and she took the opportunities, and when she didn't know something, she asked, 
what is that? And now she helps others if they're going to build their business, you know, make sure you have this, make sure you have your own account, make sure you have your federal tax, tax ID. And it's interesting to see the way her life unfolded. Mm-hmm. And now she already has the new plans for the future, which I am looking forward to seeing. So she knows, and I feel like she she has the vision, and she's had the vision since she was a teenager. And that's a gift that she has, and that's a gift that everyone has, but not every everyone knows how to use it. But the blessing that she had was that she had parents that were very supportive, and they let her figure it out. And she figured it out. And everything just unfolded for her, and it seems like the dots were just connecting. And I say a lot of times we cannot connect the dots going forward, but once you get to where you are and you look back, I'm sure she looks back, and then you can connect those dots looking backwards and then you say oh now I see now I see why I was working with that person and how she had a friend that just told her oh you want to work with me for the record label and it's just things just happens for her and those things can happen for so many people can you feel her energy Aurelia can you feel her energy yes I can I can Yes. It, Listeners, can you feel her energy? And that's what I'm talking about, right? That's what we need. We need to have that energy, that enthusiasm, that drive. And that's how we can create the vision. We can create that life that we want and live the life of your dreams and be that best invention ever that you are. So go ahead, go ahead Aurelia. Yeah. Well, no, basically – you know, she gave us, you know, some key things to remember, you know, you know, you have to be willing and open, want to learn, you got to be open to opportunity and not close your mind off. Because each time someone said to her, this is a um, um, opportunity for you, you might be interested in, she didn't say, Oh, no, 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 I want to do this for the rest of my life. She said, Oh, you know what, let me go Mm -hmm. see what this is about. So yeah. you can't shut yourself off. You can still continue doing whatever it is that you're doing, but you don't shut yourself off for from exploring other opportunities, yeah. exploring other yes. interests. Yes, and to do what you love. And this is what I always tell my students and my clients. Do what you have to do until you get to do what you love to do. And when you have an opportunity, take it. That door that open to you may lead to another door that's going to open. You never know what that's going to lead to. So don't shut down the opportunity because that's not the one exact thing that you're trying so hard to get. And you have to be that person that you want to be. So let's say I'm going to use Jim Carrey as an example. When he wanted to be an actor and he was not making it, And he was going to auditions, and nothing would happen. And then he made the choice, and he wrote himself a check for $10 million, and he started being that person, pretending to be acting as if he was a multimillionaire. And the universe responded and resonated with that 
way he was, with the way he was being. The universe does not respond to what you ask for. The universe responds to how you are being. So five years later, after Jim Carrey looking at that check and saying, thank you for these millions, and he was pretending because he did not have that, but he kept putting his energy out there. He kept auditioning. He kept trying. And five years later, he landed the role of Dumb and Dumber, and he got paid $10 million dollars. The same amount of the same amount of money that he he wrote himself the check for that's what he received because that's what he believed. So when you believe, you achieve. So you have to have number one the desire, number two you have to have the belief, and number three have the expectancy. Expect it. So that's what I get from all of that. She was so yes. inspiring. Yes, and the other thing is um, that you know, we're leaving out is she learned from her current position the skills mm-hmm. and the um the ability she'll need for the next position. Although it wasn't related to what she thought it was gonna be, she mm-hmm. took those same skills and transferred them to the next situation. And that's something that we really have to understand. What you're doing right now, it may not be what you're gonna be doing in the future but you're learning some valuable skills and lessons that you can move and take with you as you move forward. So you can thank the person or the the organization or the people who were in your life that helped you learn and grow so that you can move onward and forward. Yes, it prepares you. It prepares you. So whatever you're doing right now, do it with love because even though, it's not really where you want to be or it's not the life of your dreams. It's not the job of your dreams or the career that you wanted to be in. But do it, do it with love and keep visualizing what it is that you do want and what it is that you do love. And being, right, it's about, like I said earlier, the example of Jim Carrey, being that person and acting as if, doing with love, because then that's, the lessons that you're learning and you're being prepared for that opportunity that is coming to you because it will come to you. And if it doesn't, it's because you have to ask yourself, well, how am I blocking this from coming to me? So that's why we always have to remain in gratitude, the positive, positive attitude, letting go of anger, forgiving, because not gossiping, not criticizing, not judging, because those things will just drain our energy, and energy is everything. That's why I said, wow, did you feel her energy, Mm -hmm. right? Her energy is amazing, and when we have that kind of energy, we can attract anything that we want in our lives, so... She's a perfect example. So yes, Aurelia, definitely, I definitely agree with you that that's it's preparation and lessons that we're learning along the way in this yeah. journey called life. Yes, 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 and yes. So Marilyn, on that note, I am going to say that that was a really good show and it was a really good example of being what what it's like being the best invention ever. Yes, great example, a best invention ever. And to all of our listeners, I want you to know, to remember, and to believe and look at yourself in the mirror and say, you are the best invention ever. ever. Yes, yes. So um, please 
join us again next week when we're going to come to you again with another amazing individual who we believe is the best invention ever. Looking forward to next week. Thank you, all our listeners. Thank you, Aurelia. Thank you, Marilyn. Without you, this would be no fun. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. It's always such a pleasure. And, you know, this is amazing. You know, 10, over 10 years ago, we were doing this, and we did this for three years. And uh, it's so nice, so nice to be back after all these years. Yes, indeed. we're We're taking it to the next level. That's right. That's right. We're not standing still. We're moving forward. We're taking some of that energy that we we received from Monica Alexander, and we're going to put it on ourselves and move ourselves forward as well. Yes. Amazing. Have an amazing day. Have a great weekend, everyone. Good weekend. Bye. Hey, thanks for spending time with us. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.